I don't even know. I don't even know where I was going to go with this, to be honest. So, uh, 2024 is off to a pretty good start. I will say that. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal start. We'll see what happens. Uh, in a week, I'm going to try to, well, less than a week, but I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to try to avoid the fan takes, uh, tonight. They're going to come out nonetheless. So, um, I wouldn't because, avoid it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you were, you were so good for so long. Isn't this your time to shine? Maybe. It's gonna Maybe. happen anyways. It's just human nature since yeah. it's I mean, your team. Yeah. I was I just, relatively I, humble in defeat for the last two years. So <laughs> I was about to say I suppose I can be happy about it. But it's just it's just about time to much like I want for the team. Uh I do not want to be too happy about it because there's still one game to go. Absolutely. But anyways, uh, instead of just uh getting into it now. Yeah, let's just uh start the show up and then we'll we'll carry this conversation. That's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock except everybody's got their clothes on. Personal file. 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. These people don't give you. All right. Well, it's Wednesday, January 3rd of 2024, our first show of the year. Pretty excited. Pretty excited yeah. for the way it started. Definitely. Again, yeah. a couple days a couple days before I can say that I'm extremely excited about the way the year started, but things are going at a good rate right now, so we'll take what we can get. I want to start the show tonight with the most pressing topics of the world right now. Well, the world of college football, of course. And that is the college football playoff semifinals. And I'm telling I think we got the best games that we could have asked for from the CFP semifinals over the course of this past Monday. Two phenomenal games that came down to their final plays. And we'll go ahead and start with the the Rose Bowl, the first one of the two. Where Michigan would win in overtime, twenty-seven to twenty, and you know I've heard a lot of people say the better team won, and I think I'll agree. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm going to go at this from a couple perspectives. Um, I'm going to go at this as a fan because I, I kind of have to. I don't have to, but I think that's the way it's going to come across anyway. So I'm going to go at it as a fan, but as somebody who really watched the game and and. I wouldn't say it was both-sided, but was able to see where both sides of the ball were really um, – both sidelines were really um, able to do a lot of good things. A lot of bad things. Yeah. Um, Michigan, with their special teams issues that they had on Monday night, to have been able to win this football game after after all the mistakes, mm-hmm. um, Extremely, extremely impressive. And the thing that you really have to look at is if you would have told me that J.J. McCarthy throws for 221 yards and three touchdowns, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Uh, the, the way that this offense moved the ball was extremely impressive. A lot of crossing routes, a lot of play action, um, getting Alabama to bite on the run fakes a lot. And 
we're just able to like methodically but smartly push the ball down the field and it really came to fruition late in the game with this la- the last three minutes of the game with the drive mm-hmm. that they took to tie the game uh that would eventually put this game in overtime yeah it was just start to finish one of the smartest games jj mccarthy played and minus the very first play of the game where jj mccarthy throws yeah. a pick to caleb downs yeah. uh, caleb Jones, his heel touched the sideline before he went up to get the ball Therefore, it's kind of like an illegal touching penalty. Um, but the penalty is instead that they don't get the ball as an incomplete pass, and it results in a second down. Mm-hmm. That play happened, and you could kind of see you, – you almost saw it in, in J.J., like the look on McCarthy's face where it was like, okay, that's out of the way. Now, now let's play down, mm-hmm. play, get down to business. And this team did. They, they, they played extremely well offensively. Um, Third quarter was pretty rough. Alabama really dominated the third quarter and probably the first mm-hmm. portion of the fourth quarter up until about the 12-minute mark where Jalen Milrow fumbles during a scramble uh, forced, ironically, uh, by a guy named Quentin Johnson um, and recovered by Josh Wallace. So that that was where it turned. And even though Michigan goes down and misses the field goal, well, James Turner misses a 52, a 50 or 52-yard kick, on that drive, it was a 50-yarder. Even though he missed it, he he missed it wide left, and I'm like, all the jokes I made last year about Ohio State missing wide left are just going to fly back in my face. Poetic, right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, game's over. Like, mm-hmm. Game's over. I was like, there's no chance now. Yeah. Momentum momentum stalled. Well, we forced a fourth down. Um, honestly, and, and this, this front seven was phenomenal all day. A lot of really well-timed blitz plays um trying and, to confuse this offensive line get to the get to the quarterback and Jalen mm-hmm. Milrow looked like he didn't know how to handle the pressure that was coming yeah he's a very do. athletic player yeah. he really is and, and you saw it like Cam Good had him dead to rights in the backfield at one point in this game and he scrambles and gets a 12-yard run out of it he gets a first down on, on third and long there were a multiple quarterback yeah. draws that were or RPO you know mm-hmm. power uh, QB power. I mean, you saw mm-hmm. all kinds of ways that Jalen Miller was able to run the ball extremely well. Jason McClellan had some plays where he ran the ball well, especially yes. in the in the that first possession. Uh, well, sorry, the second possession after the fumble. They after Samaj Morgan muffs the punt. Mm-hmm. Jason McClellan scores a 30, 37 Four, yard touchdown. I, I think thirty four, something like that yard touchdown yeah. run. Um, and then in that drive where they would go on to kick the field goal to make it 20 to 13, yeah. McClellan was pretty integral in, in moving the football there, too. The, just it felt like every time we got to a third and long, I'm sitting here in this chair back here and I'm like, quarterback run, quarterback run, quarterback run. And I was like, that, that's mm-hmm. what's killing us on third down. It's not the passing game. We, we played extremely well against the pass. And yeah, it gives me hope. That, that we'll be able to slow down this Washington offense. It gives me a lot of confidence that we're going to slow down the Washington offense mm-hmm. because we were getting beat on the deep routes. And these wide receivers are are pretty solid. They're not great. They're not the best wide receivers Alabama's mm-hmm. ever had. Yeah. But they're good enough to the point where they could have made us pay. Jalen Milrow could have made us pay because he's got the arm strength. Oh, yeah. The arm yeah. talent, you know, the the accuracy yet to be determined. We, we get another year to find that out. And, and he took several deep shots. He and, did, and it, mean, they were all played yeah. extremely well. The safeties mm-hmm. were phenomenal. Uh, Rod Moore and 
while Quentin Johnson <laughs> were were great in the in the defensive secondary, along with Will Johnson. Will Johnson was targeted um, quite a few times. Yeah, I think I think it said thirty four pass defenses. Uh, obviously, there were not thirty four passes from Jalen Monroe, mm-hmm. but thirty four plays mm-hmm. where wide ran a route. Yeah, uh, I think there were two passes thrown his direction all game. Yeah, and only he, no catches. Zero. He locked down his side of the yeah. field. Yeah, yeah he, re- he really did. And it was it was a great, uh, great job. I thought that Burton caught that pass uh, down to the um, three yard line. I thought Burton caught that off of Will Johnson, so I was kind of surprised to see that he didn't allow a catch. It must have been Josh Wallace or maybe Mikey. I don't know. Yeah, um, I think I thought it was Sanders still, but. Could be wrong. Could have been, but I, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just – it was really solid everywhere. And, you know, somebody men- made mention um, yesterday that the, after after this whole thing went down, yesterday that, uh, you know, this team is just – you know, they're not good at anything in particular. They're just – or they're not great at anything. They're just really good at everything. Yeah. I think it's a really fair and a, a really legitimate take to have because – Yeah. But mm-hmm. – is it is it so that we're not great at anything, or that we're bordering on great at everything? I guess only because time if you, will if tell. If you look at this team and the way they the way they've done everything, and I'm not saying that this is the best Michigan team ever now, win it all. And I'm going to say In yes. In consideration, it is. I'm going to say yes. It is. I, I don't think there's another team that top to bottom roster and 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 playing consistently. Yeah. I don't think there's a better roster uh, in Michigan football history than this 2023 team. Yeah. But I think that this team is just really, really good at everything. Blake Corum averages about four and a half yards per carry. Three of those is still a first down. Like, I know that that number isn't great. I know that number doesn't look anything eye-catching. I know, yeah. I know, and some mm-hmm. of those numbers, remember, quarterback sacks still count as, as negative rush yards. Mm-hmm. So some of those can come down to JJ McCarthy making mistakes in the you know trying to roll out, trying to make something happen, getting sacked. We've seen that a handful of times this year as well. So it's not all one way or the other. It, it, it's not all that this this all oh, this Michigan team can't run the ball the same way they used to. Actually, if you take away those sack yards, they pretty much are on pace with the last two mm-hmm. years. Yeah, and Blake Horam's numbers don't necessarily match last year. But they're not far from it. I mean, he's always been a guy that gets four and a half, five yards of carry, and and that's good. That's good enough with this Michigan offense to get the job done. You just want to be ahead of the chains, and that's what this team is. Every single possession, you hardly ever see them fall behind the chains, and when they do, they're good enough. They get they punt the ball away, keep field position. Yeah. If you'd tell me that Alabama would have five, I think it was five punts that ended up inside the twenty yesterday. And Michigan would have zero punts that would drop inside the 20 yesterday or mm-hmm. on Monday. And Michigan would still win this game, even even kind of losing the field position battle. I'd say, okay, do we get turnovers? Well, I mean, we forced, forced a turnover. Mm-hmm. Just simply the better football team. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's know, no, no takeaway from Alabama because Alabama, ever, and, and remember, Remember a month ago, yeah, about a month ago now, Michigan saw Alabama. Everybody's like, oh, no, Michigan's scared. 
Michigan's scared of Alabama. Mm-hmm. I don't know if scared is the word. I don't think you can go that way anymore. But don't change it and say, oh, Alabama wasn't that good anyway. So I don't know. Well, I don't know about that. But I mean, I think the thing about it is, is that you look at this game and, and RJ absolutely right on this. You know, this is a game that Michigan was the better team up front on the offensive and the defensive lines. And that was the advantage. I think when we talked about the path to victory for Michigan over the course of, of the last week or so, when we were talking about this matchup, that was a factor, but as good as Alabama had been in that respect, they had really shown up, you know, the, the offensive line, especially the, the woes that they had had early on in the year were not as present as they had been. And so you didn't really feel like there was going to be the big advantage like Michigan was able to get in this game. Five first half sacks, if I'm not mistaken, Tyler, on, on Milrow. I mean, there were quite a few. Five where, in the first Mil- half and I think a couple in the second. Yeah. One in the second half, sorry. It was six total. Yeah. Um, the one yeah, in the I second mean, half was huge too, by the yeah. way. It was on the um, final possession. Could, couldn't have come at or a no, it wasn't. Point. I don't believe it was. I think it was actually in the third quarter. Um, there was there were drop snaps that, that – I think they counted as rushes mm-hmm. rather than yeah. pass attempts, but I, I don't know yeah. for sure. I, it's hard to hard to say. There were a lot of tackles for loss, though. This team was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. In overtime, Mason Graham was a game wrecker, uh, yeah. both on the final play and uh, the play that made it second and long – or, sorry, third and long, um, where he dropped Jason McClellan about five yards deep in the backfield uh, that put them, at, I think, second – sorry, third and goal at the – I think it was the 13 or 14 yard line. Mm-hmm. And we're talking uh, Jermaine Burton on that comeback route from the 10. That's a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That That's how much of a difference that play makes. Yeah. And then Mason Graham is the one getting a huge push on that final mm-hmm. play of the game. Yeah. Bad snap and all. Um, and whatever you want to say, that play was supposed to be RPO, QB power. Um, I've seen arguments for both. I could understand mm-hmm. arguments for both. But. Yeah. Nick Saban is the one who's out here saying that yeah, it was supposed to be a QB run. That's what that's the that's the case I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna I'm gonna believe what yeah. he said. Yeah, I mean, what, what, why would he lie about that after the end of at the end of the day? And I don't think he would. I I, no. I think he's no. extremely for as much crap as we give Nick Saban for just being, you know, a winner. Um, I know I've mm-hmm. been guilty of it. Winners win. Everyone he's, has. He's always been pretty straightforward and, mm-hmm. and straight to the point about everything. So I see no reason that he's going to, you know, sit here and try to be like, oh, yeah, no, uh, Milro didn't make a mistake. That was the play call. Yeah. To cover up for his quarterback, he, he would have called it out. So, I, and, and you would have seen him call it out during that, at the end of the game there, too. Yeah. We didn't see any of that. We didn't see him mad. Yeah. He was just like, okay, we got beat, mm-hmm. flat yeah. out beat. And it, it earned a lot of respect for Nick Saban. Now, I wasn't a big fan of their fans <laughs> on Monday. Um, but, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, the front seven, the front, the line of scrimmage was dominated by Michigan in every quarter except the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The third quarter was not. And that is, for all intents and purposes, it was simply because Michigan – it seemed like they were trying to bleed the clock. It seemed like they were trying to play to get to the end of the game and be ahead. Mm-hmm. And then they got down, and it was like, okay, we need to go back to what was working all game, which was getting yeah. a lot of motion and confusing this defense. Yeah. And it worked. 
It also worked that mm-hmm. J.J. McCarthy stared down a linebacker. I was like, ah, I'm still going to throw it right over your head. It gets tipped, and Roman Wilson goes up and makes one of the catches of the year. Not by looks. Well, I mean, it was a great-looking catch. Not mm-hmm. by looks, but by the way that that catch mm-hmm. saved the game. Mm-hmm. There's two def- two secondary members back there waiting to pick that ball off. Should yeah. it go over Roman Wilson's head? And he goes up and grabs it. And in the midst of grabbing it, coming down, his first step still makes a defender miss. I believe it was Terry on Arnold, Arnold who was covering him. Still made Arnold miss and gets down inside the 10-yard line. Mm-hmm. It, it was just overall a really impressive game. We saw guys step up that hadn't had to at all this year. And I, I look at Tyler Morris. I mean, his long touchdown yeah. in the second quarter – was one of those where did he come from moments. I mean, we did, I didn't yeah. even know this guy had the speed that he has. Now, I did, but I haven't seen it on the football field because he, he hasn't well, really been utilized on the yeah. offense very much. He, he had a handful yeah. of catches, and that was career touchdown number one, and mm-hmm. he picked a, a damn good time for it. And, you know, there, he had another catch where the ball was thrown just a little bit behind him by J.J. He, he fell short of the first down. Um, if Alex Orgy – just throws the ball away the play before that. That's mm-hmm. a first down. That drive continues. And I feel like momentum would get back into Michigan's hands a lot quicker. May not take overtime to end this yeah. game. But it, it it did nonetheless. I'm not trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that there were plays in this game where it was like a little bit here and a little bit there makes this game look a whole lot different. Even with the turnovers, yeah. even with these muff punts and, and the, yeah. the plays mm-hmm. that look dumb, like, I saw plenty of people. Why is Jake Thaw back there? Well, because Samaj Morgan muffed a kick earlier and yeah. has struggled with the punt returns. Yeah. So why is Jake Thaw in? Because he's make been returning sure punts also this year. Yeah. Make sure you don't. They were. If you don't remember this, they were on a rotating basis for the first five games of the season. Up until what I believe was the Nebraska game, Jake Thaw and Samaj Morgan were rotating as kicker mm-hmm. as punt returners. Yeah. They eventually decided to go with Samaj Morgan, and I think that was the right move, and even still after the mistakes. But we saw the mistakes yesterday, and they, they're like, okay, Jake, you're going to go in and, and return this punt. He muffs it. Now, granted, know where you're at on the field. If that ball dies at the one and, it, and they down it at the one, cut your loss. Cut your losses yeah. on that. Don't give them the chance to have the ball on the one-yard line. Because dropping that punt, that's exactly what you did. You had to get it. And you did a great job. Don't get me wrong. But it was just a little too close for comfort. Um, At the end of the day, this is probably the best Michigan full game performance in Jim Harbaugh's tenure. And I don't think it's close. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I there has not been a game that's required a last minute drive down the field, at least not to my recollection. Actually, the Illinois game, but it, it was a totally different scenario. This one, start to finish, it looked like it looked like we were figured out. You get, we get the ball three minutes ago. You go for it on fourth and two inside your own thirty yard line. You mm-hmm. get it, drive down the field, score, and then go out and not only score in overtime, not only put touchdown on the board, let's do it in two plays stuff. with the run game. Mm-hmm. It was, and then and then you go out and you get the stop. On that drive and on that defensive possession overtime, it was just 
it, it was absolutely a blast. The, I, I was uh, that that final drive and regular that final drive in regulation that led to Michigan going down and, and tying the game. That's honestly, I think, what they were wanting to do last year in the fourth quarter. That final drive against the Frogs, but they were they went to the air too often. I think that this was what they should have done last year, and they might have been in a position to go play Georgia for the national championship last year. But at the same time, I think you would agree with me that had it not been for the mistakes in 2021 against Georgia the first time, had it not been for all the mistakes last year, making those mistakes and learning from them, everybody buying in and making that push, that comeback, this is a Michigan team that everybody's eyes were pointed right where they needed to be and that they, they were not going to be denied ultimately at the end of the day what they've been working for going back to you know they they were happy to be at the orange bowl in 2021 but as soon as that loss you know hit turn the calendar over to 2022 this is what they've been building towards and they finally have a chance now yeah, I, I hope that this win is not overshadowing that there's work still to do. That's the one thing that I'm is. sitting yeah. here. And I, and I don't think it is because I, I feel like I know what this team is doing. I feel like I know exactly where they're at. But yeah. we've seen the comments from Jim Harbaugh like, oh, J.J. McCarthy is the best player in Michigan football history. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Say, not yet. That That's that's awfully high bar when you have uh, Tom Brady. as but Tom Brady Michigan at Michigan? Player. Yeah. Not that's not not a national that's champion. Not, that's not the high bar to beat. No. When it comes to Michigan quarterbacks, I would actually Chad Henney. No, I w- I was going to say Brian Greasy. Hmm. He's got a championship to his name. That's true. And a and a recent championship, and probably one of them as, as college football became more and more competitive. Tom Brady had a really good season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe two seasons. I. Forgive me. Um, I think you're right. Had to split some time with Drew Henson back in 2000. Mm-hmm. First five games or so, they they split yeah. time. And then the loss to yeah. Michigan State, where Brady almost came back and won it, was the solidification that we needed for Lloyd Carr. I don't know why. Uh, and I only know from going back and re, well, just educating myself on that time. Mm-hmm. But I only know that Lloyd Carr decided to finally make that decision uh, after the Michigan State game. Why it took that long, I have no idea. Um, Lloyd was setting his Drew way. Henson. Drew Henson was okay, but he wasn't really great. Um, Chad Henney is probably number two for me in terms of just time at Michigan, not anything done in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I would probably go, I'd say Denard Robinson's up there. Um, just for his career. I don't think that mm-hmm. – I think it sucks that his career got wasted in the sense that it did, but yeah. I'll still put him up there. And then uh, I think I think McCarthy definitely passed – definitely just passed Jay Patterson Yeah, on my list mm-hmm. Yeah, to enter that top five, so – Absolutely. And but then, and, all it takes is a national championship this year, and J.J. McCarthy will easily probably slide into that number one spot just because of, well, probably recency, but also because of the the way that his career is, has played out and shaped up. 
I really enjoy, I've enjoyed it. The one thing I wish we did more, and the only reason I wish we did it more was because it worked so well, and I watched it work so well with Auburn uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, was utilize McCarthy's legs a little more. Yeah, we we, we got him going mm-hmm. a couple times, and he broke off a few pretty big runs actually. When when we actually designed him to run, mm-hmm. the problem was I know we, we want to keep him healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know that we're going to need to utilize his legs next week on Monday. Yeah. We'll preview that game on Sunday, so don't worry. We're not getting yeah. to a preview. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's kind of kind of where I sit. I'm I'm super excited. I hope this team's not not getting too far ahead of themselves. There's still one game that's going to be a tough football game to get ready for. Um, but it's it's going to yeah. be everything you could ask for. Two undefeated teams. Mm-hmm. First time in five seasons, Tyler, that the national champion will not come from the FCC because of this. Good. <laughs> it's going to come well, from the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, that's technically not not false. Um, it's not incorrect. It's not yeah. fully correct, but it's not incorrect. It, I got listen, true. listen. If you SEC people can sit here and say that Texas is can sit here and claim win. Bama's natties. Uh, Get out of here. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it just it to a certain extent. I, look, makes I'm it, just telling you, some some interestingly suspect Tennessee fans were rooting for uh, Bama on Monday, and I was genuinely surprised. It, yeah, that. I mean, I mean, have I, some respect for yourselves. Yeah, I'm never I, pulling for Ohio State to win a championship ever. No. Never have and never will. And and that's the thing is like it makes no sense to anybody outside of the SEC. And then the same person had the had the audacity to call me a bandwagon fan, dude. I've been a Michigan fan my entire life. <laughs> he doesn't even know you. Like you were you were on Michigan when we first met. I think that was now yeah. like six years ago or something like that. That was not the best time for for Michigan football. I was a Michigan fan during Rich Rod. All right. Yeah. <laughs> And while that worked out for you West Virginia fans out there, <laughs> specifically one of you I know is watching, <laughs> it did not work out for us. It went yeah. terrible, as a matter of fact. You know what? <laughs> he introduced a three-three-five, and we introduced ass whoopings to Ann Arbor. <laughs> and not the kind that we like. Shout out, Richard. Destroyed for three years straight. We went three and nine. You know how embarrassing that was to go three and nine at Michigan? We changed our logo because of that. It used to be the block in with the, the Michigan across the center and the stripe. Yeah, we changed yeah. that logo because Rich Rod sucks so bad that we had to get something else out there. Because <laughs> it, it was the block in with the Michigan in the front and center that was causing it. Well, no, it was just it was too close to home. It Rich Rod ruined it. We had to do something else. And then Brady Hook embarrassed. Well, I mean, he didn't do too bad. He did. He was the last coach to win a New Year's Six Bowl for us. So that, that until there is that Monday, yeah. Until Monday. All right. So I was gonna say, you know what the problem was for Rich Rod? He had it set for M for many when it should have been set to W for Wumbo. Well, maybe that's the case. But Texas loses to Washington, and you know I. Michael Penix is unbelievable. Um, now, I saw a video today where it mirrored the uh, the game for us um, to basically show what it would look like if Michael Penix threw right-handed. Gosh. It's not I'm a fun sure look. No. 
it's it's not fun to watch it's it's that looks like it would hurt the eyes no it didn't hurt the eyes but it was it's one of those things where it's like okay this should not work like none of none of these mechanics should work no and i'm gonna argue everybody that's saying oh michael pinnock should be drafted should be the first quarterback off the board no no, no, he should not. Because I'm telling you right now, this short arm, it has worked. We've watched Mahomes make a living off of these short arm, you know, whatever throws. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work on a bad team. No. Mahomes was lucky. You know, he dropped mm-hmm. in. At a, at a, at a, don't pick up My- Michael Penix if you're a team that doesn't have an offensive line. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what he does at the next level. Yeah. I'm not trying to take away from him, though. I think he's, what he's done this year is phenomenal. His accuracy overall is is amazing. We watched him drop the ball and it, just on a dime to people oh, that yeah. you would have never imagined. It's just it's one of those things. He he flicks his wrists, and there might be like three or four guys in coverage, and it lands perfectly in his receiver's just hands in the spot it needs yeah. to. They're, they're, now they're, understand they're though, the understand it happens. It happens, but he still has nine interceptions on the season. Yeah. And he's, he's had some really bad year. games. Mm-hmm. Arizona State stymied yeah. this mm-hmm. offense. It was a fifteen to nine game. Seven. Was it seven? I thought it was. Nine. Yeah, Whatever. they won. Ended up winning by But um, the thing about it is, like they were, they've had really struggling games. They've had games where Penix has thrown interceptions. And if there's a secondary and there's an, a defensive coordinator that I think can scheme up an ability to stop this, it'd be Nick Saban's defense and, and Kevin Steele. Jesse Menner in this yeah. Michigan defense. I'm not saying that Michigan stops Washington all game, and we'll talk about it on Sunday, so I'm not trying to go too far. Yeah. Like, like, I know there's points going to be scored, but how consistently are they going to be scored? On Texas, they were scored very consistently. The mm-hmm. Texas run defense stepped up. That was the yeah. one thing I was worried about mm-hmm. if, I had, if we had to play Texas was that how are we going to run the ball and how are we going to move the ball as an offense? But I mean, we did yeah. it yesterday. Or we Monday, Monday against Bama. But how are we going to do do it again with Texas? Yeah. After what we just put on tape. Yeah. Now we don't have to do that. But again, I'm not just going to go that direction. The thing for me, what pisses me at- off, not to cut you off, but what pisses me off because I, I just want I have to say this. I feel like this is extremely important out there. Texas averaged seven and a half yards per carry. Yeah. Seven and a half yards per carry, and you handed it to your running back nine times. That's that's ridiculous. You have to stick to what works. Yeah. The only reason you got in a shootout was because you refused to run the football. Yeah. Because oh, Quinn Ewers can do it all. Well, he can't. Twenty-four or forty-three, over fifty percent, but not by much. Yeah. You can't get mm-hmm. away with that in this situation. You go back and look, and you know I, I put down for but Washington. They've won twenty-one in a row. Absolutely, that is true. That's the longest active winning streak in the country. But, and this is this is a JLo sized but. Okay. The last ten games this season. This is going back to week five of this year. So right around the time that the conference play game. started. Somewhere around in there, uh, generally speaking. Every single game that Washington has played, going back to week five, 
has been decided by 10 points or less. So they are not in that dominant mode. They're, they're, they're winning they're, games. They're, they are they're, they're finding to ways. winning by multiple scores. Yeah, they're finding ways to win, but they're not controlling the game and dominating and giving themselves like, you know, the this this game was a 9-point game and Texas nearly Texas nearly won. You could argue and some have because I see them, believe me, I've seen them. You could argue that there was pass interference because the defender was had a hand on the shoulder and prevented receiver from jumping up trying to catch the ball in that last play. Good no One call, call by the way. But that's what's being that's what's being argued. You had the Oregon game. They were up two scores late in that one. They got up three early. Mm-hmm. And they just they could not they pull away and, and really dominate at this level. I, I mean I'm they're winning and you gotta team. give them credit where they mm-hmm. where credit's due. I'm happy for this team because yeah. they are winning, they're doing against the odds, and yeah. One of the few future Big Ten teams that I'm not gonna like overly hate, right? Yeah. Like Oregon's up there. I'm I'm not gonna hate them. I'm gonna hate playing them. Same with mm-hmm. Washington, very likely. But I'm not gonna hate them. USC, um, do what you want to do, but I'm not gonna really. Be <laughs> I don't think you have to worry here. about them. No, um, but you know, so it's good to see them succeed. I, I really am curious what their defense yeah. looks like next Monday because they were pretty solid, but they still gave up a bunch of points and they were really bad against the run. And yeah. I don't know. This dog is like driving me nuts. I know he's. <laughs> I know he's hungry. It's just a little pass when I normally give him his dinner, but um, I'm hungry too. Yeah, like I understand. I wonder how their defense is going to stack up when Michigan runs out twelve personnel. Mm-hmm. What happens when Michigan comes out and says, "You know what? We're going to fucking run it ten times straight down the field yeah. and score." Yeah. What's your answer? Yeah. Yeah. They and then what's your one. answer when they come out the next pl- the next drive? You're expecting that run. Michigan drops that flea flicker that I guarantee is probably going to work at some point in that game next week mm-hmm. and drops a 60-yard dime down the field, and you're down 14 nothing. Now, I'm not saying that that is exactly how this game is going to go, no. but what is your answer at that point? The, clo- the closest team that they have anything similar to what Michigan is going to look like and throw at them on Monday night is Utah. And this was not Utah at its full strength like we've seen over the past couple of years. That mm-hmm. has won Pac-12 championships and and Indeed. you know and looked the part with the way that that Whittingham wants to you know wants to run the the ball and, and have his team and they still struggled they struggled with a Utah team that was never the same as they have been in years past this year mm-hmm. they might look somewhat like yeah. it next year that's that's too early to very likely speculate on but they still struggled. And that they're near, not nearly as good of an offensive line, not nearly as good as skill skill position players and weapons around, not nearly as good of a quarterback as smart of a quarterback making those reads and, and instinctively. And that's not to crap on Bryson Barnes, who had you know phenomenal uh, phenomenal year coming pretty much when nobody expected him to. He, he gave them more opportunities to win, but he was. He was shaky. And JJ McCarthy's not that way. JJ yeah. McCarthy, and I, I mean, God forbid there's an injury. But 
Alex Orsi could come in and run this offense, and it's going to look a lot different, but he can still run this mm-hmm. offense. Do not yeah. downgrade the ability to throw the football. No. Or Jack Tuttle. Let's yeah. talk about Jack Tuttle's on this team, and he was very, very solid at Indiana. He was not great, but he could run this Michigan offense in a way that you need it to be run, too. Yeah. It's not either way, either way, a former Indiana quarterback is going to be a national champion this year. I just realized yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, Goodbye, I mean, I Tom Allen. I, I was done. Um, yeah. But it, 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 this game was just – it was one that – and I, I'm bringing a lot of fan perspective. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but I'm not at the same time because this is – this is where my mind's at right now. Like my mind is on next Monday. So I'm going to be doing this probably for the next couple of days. When we talk about these games, you know, tonight and, and Sunday, understand that this is just, this is where my mind's at for this entire thing. And, um, I'm both nervous and extremely excited for it. Um, but I understand, man. Yeah. you know, I looking at this, at this game and watching this game, I, I found it hard to understand how either of the two would beat us. Yeah. The secondary for Michigan can hang with the wide receivers of Texas. Can they with Washington? I have no idea. We'll find out. I really don't know. That'll be a fun matchup to watch. But can they force mistakes? Can this defense force yeah. mistakes? And the answer is a 100% yes. Yeah. Can Washington force mistakes and stop, find a way to stop the Michigan run game? I'm I'm sure they can. Yeah, I think one's far more likely than the other. I think if you gave if you gave DeBoer 35 days or however much it was in between the Pac-12 championship and and New Year's Day, they'd absolutely find a way to beat Michigan, just like they they found ways to beat Texas. On a week's notice, that's going to be very tough. It's not impossible. And I'm not. Who, do you, who does Washington enough. have? So, this is something I've noticed, and something I've something I've heard. Mm-hmm. Who does Washington have that can help them prepare for this Michigan offense? They don't have big a big enough offensive line, a similarly big enough offensive mm-hmm. line. No. They don't have multiple tight ends that are blocking threats. They have good tight ends. Don't get me wrong. I, I, yeah. Good receiving threats. But they're not they're not blockers. Mm-hmm. So who do you roll out there, especially in your scout team, that's going to emulate this Michigan offense? How are you going to get that in? I don't know. I don't know that they do. But just as easily as that said, how does Michigan emulate the Washington offense? You can't. Because I don't know that Michigan has three wide receivers that can go out there at any point and yeah. play against and, and run routes against the defense the same way that the the Washington wide receivers are going to. They have tight ends that can. They have tight ends yeah. that match the tight ends. They yeah. don't have. Um, they don't have receivers that can. No. So it's going to be an interesting matchup, and it's going to be. It's going to come down to who makes better adjustments. And when it comes to that, my money is one hundred percent on Michigan because they have made better adjustments all season long. The only time they've been outcoached in terms of of those adjustments coming out of the locker room in the second half was just two nights ago. Yeah, it didn't happen with Ohio State. It didn't happen with Penn State. It didn't happen with Maryland. Maryland was yeah. in the game until the second half, and and Michigan kind of they stuck around, but they Michigan was in control for the most part of that game. There's not been a team 
other than Alabama, and I don't think there's a coaching staff other than Alabama that is capable of making better adjustments in the second half than this Michigan coaching staff. Texas might have. Yeah. But we're not going to know that. No. And then at the end of the day, I mean, what you were asking about who does Michigan have that could, you know, it resemble what they're what they're going to see with Roma Dunze, Jalen McMillan, Jalen Polk. Uh, you know, that's you don't have anybody like that. You you might be able to throw out your three best athletes, regardless of skill position, tell them to try to go run around. And even then, it's still not anywhere close to what those three guys are going to look like and what they're going to be able to do on the field on Monday night. So it's it's one of those things that you just you you've got to have you got to have the speed you've got to have you know the ability to you know be mm-hmm. perceptive on on the route you can't be reactive. I mean, obviously, easier said than done. But you're what Tyler's saying about you know the best defense. You know, it's got to be your offense, or maybe it was RJ that said it. You, you're looking at the longer that your offense is out there, the more that you convert and take that time off the clock. That get them just, out of their it, rhythm. It gets, yeah, it just takes them away. I told you, I said this the other day. Okay, um, maybe that's what I was thinking back to. Well, RJ, I think put it in the comments too. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, right? Yeah, right there. But that's yep. what, this is what I told you the other day. The other mm-hmm. day too was that the easiest way to throw this Washington offense off is to keep them off the field. Yeah. So if you have multiple six, seven, eight minute drives that go mm-hmm. down the field, and and I think that that's a real possibility. I think that this game, I don't know what the over under sits at. I think it's going to hit it because I don't know that Washington can come out and stop this Michigan offense running mm-hmm. the. And I don't mean to doubt them because we've seen everybody do it all year long. Yeah, and that's the thing that fuels them at this point. It is. But being doubted can only fuel you so far. It's going to come down to the real yeah. physicality and the real talent. And I don't think they have it on the defense on the defensive line. I don't think they have it in their linebackers. They have the ability to pass rush. I don't think they have the ability to get low enough to move that line of scrimmage on a run play. Yeah. Not against this Michigan offense. Anybody else, and I think that you know it's it's reasonable. Not in this game. Fifty-five and a half is the number. I think it's over. I, I I'm between. I'm between thirty-five, twenty-one, and like I, I'm between Michigan scoring like thirty-five and forty-five. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, so I, yeah. I don't know, and I don't know what Washington's going to score. I have ideas but i'm not trying to throw that out there and ruin it right now yeah <laughs> but yeah it'll be interesting we'll, yeah. we'll see how that carries along throughout Absolutely. the week not to spend too much more time on this because no we do have a few other things and it's going to begin with the transfer portal for us here this evening and it starts with cam ward has announced that he is not even going to partake in the transfer portal anymore. No, that does not mean he's going back to Washington State. That means he is entering the NFL draft in 2023. So his options were Miami, Florida State, or the draft? And Well, it was Miami. He was down to Miami, and mm-hmm. the rumor mill swirling, and, and this is probably why we saw a late 
submission from Jeremiah Smith on his uh, NLI mm-hmm. was that right after Jeremiah Smith uh, committed live, um, that Cam Ward gave him a call and was like, hey, if you flip to Miami, you know, I'll, I'll go to Miami. We can run it for a year. He went to Ohio State. Cam Ward said, okay, I'm going to the draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How true that is, I, I don't fully know, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. The, the way that this sport is going, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised if yeah. that would be the case. I, I'm sure that happens everywhere. And I mean, he would have been able to help with for what what he was being offered. I'm sure to go to Absolutely. Miami. Now the rumor mill is swirling, and I think that it's a very this is the most a very likely uh, move is that Will Howard is visiting Ohio State this weekend. We know that he's followed some Ohio State players. We know that we talked yeah. about that. I think on Sunday. Mm-hmm. He's taking mm-hmm. a visit this week, uh, later this week, to Ohio State. And the only thing that goes through my mind is the same thing I said on Sunday was that, okay, they didn't like the great value brand, Will Howard. Let's bring the actual guy in and let him <laughs> play um, quarterback for us next year. And I think that's a good option. I really do. Now, this is not the Ryan Day quarterback, though. So what does this offense look like in 2024? If, that's, if Will Harrison Howard's the quarterback. Jr. Without yeah, Howard's the guy, yeah. No, no Marvin Harrison for sure. Mm-hmm. Emeka Ibuka is making a decision. Uh, yeah. A lot of defensive guys, I think, are returning because I think they know that they've got a potential to be a really good defense again next year. Yeah, improving draft stock is really the the whole likelihood result because mm-hmm. a lot of these guys are day two picks. Some of these guys are good enough that they can become day one picks. I think that's the big yeah. reason guys come back. Yeah, but on the offensive side, Emeka Ibuka could return. May not. Julian Fleming officially committed to Penn State, so he's gone. Yeah. Um, Jeremiah Smith comes in. Not bad. Case Stover, I think, returns too. You know, th- there, there are guys who are going to be pretty solid in this offense next year. Can Will Howard lead them better than Kyle McCord did? I would say that there's a, a possibility that the answer is yes, but I would say there's a possibility that the answer is no, and this offense doesn't look a whole hell of a lot different other than the fact that Ohio State has a quarterback who's capable of running the football. It, it's going to be an interesting spot because, like I said, you're, you're basically upgrading from one guy who does the exact same thing to a guy that does it just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe a good bit better. I don't know. So, while we have our yeah. dog interruption, as we we've become more and more nuts, dude. I angry. hate this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what we can necessarily do to to fix it, but it's uh, certainly something that Nothing. we're used to. I don't to. think there's anything yeah. I can do to fix it. But, anyways, um, moving on from that, uh, DJ Uyunglele has committed to Florida State and his second transfer. He said, you know what? I didn't like Clemson that much. I think I'd rather be in Tallahassee. Okay. Bull strategy. I'm going to go back play in, for the back in AC- Florida State Seminoles. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say back in ACC country, but that is true. And uh, It's possible. Know. I don't know if it's true, yeah. but it's possible. Um, it's, it's I think funny. it's an interesting move. I think it'll be fine. Uh, obviously, Tay Rodemaker. He's out. He's going somewhere. He he got a, a little bit of a crystal ball today. I don't know if it's a crystal ball on 24-7, but somebody posted it. Um, 
with a prediction next mm-hmm. to it. it. It was from a recruiting. I just can't remember where it came from. Please don't. Do not go to Columbia. Stay the fuck away <laughs> yeah. from Columbia. I'm begging. Go elsewhere. <laughs> Please. I was just say, you know, for Don't DJ, watch. for DJU, I mean, that to me, it's like he saw the state of how the ACC is and, and the, the level of talent and in those programs. And, you know, he had a, a pretty solid year for Oregon State, but the, the, the talent discrepancy and, and where they were able to finish just because of how stacked the top heavy the, the Pac 12 was, absolutely, you want to get out and, and go back to, you know, a conference that, you know, you might have had some struggles with the, you know, the Clemson scheme and everything like that. But I mean, the talent level defensively that you're going to have to face is certainly not up there with like an Oregon or a Washington or, or, you know, even a, a Utah UCLA type this year. Yeah. So, It'll, that'll be an interesting one. I mean, obviously, we'll be following that next year. But Absolutely. Will they be able to so, go 13-0 and 0 again? And yeah. The last one came with an interesting tweet, and I don't know. I hope it wasn't from his account directly. Um, but KJ Jefferson to UCF. Hmm. Interesting for miles on. Um, yeah. Now, if you'll remember, a few years ago, they had Joey Gatewood. Mm-hmm. Very similar build to uh, – yeah. KJ Jefferson, so that'll be an interesting use. I'm I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing how and what uh, he looks like in the UCF offense going forward. Yeah, I Other don't think things. that was actually from his account. I don't think it was. I'm gonna choose to say that. It's choose not. to hope it, it won. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I hope it was. I don't know. Well, Bring let's some see. Intrigue to the uh, college football world. See if I can find his uh, his real official account if he has one. I don't know. Anyways, I'm, I'm not willing to spend that much of time on that. But it no, was, no, 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 no. It was it was funny if it was the case. Um, now, obviously, with the, the it might actually have been. Are you serious? Are you talking about the uh, the sugar bowl tweet? What? No, I'm talking about his his UCF his commit the commitment tweet I said. Oh well, I uh, I just saw this. What is that? No, get that out of here! Come on, oh, no, that's, I, that's why I was like, are you talking about the? No, I'm talking about a different one. I mean, it, it came from that, it, or it, it was something stupid like that. So it's possible that it was. What's the account? Name. Okay, is this is this KJ Jefferson two or KJ Jefferson twelve? Uh, I if, saw or KJ, KJ Jefferson underscore two. Jefferson two. Hang on, hang on. <coughs> Where did I send this damn thing? Let's see here. It's got to be before this, man. Where's that? Oh, here it is. It was uh, KJ underscore Jefferson two is where it said. Yeah, that that's the same one that tweeted the. I ha- uh, I assume that's fake. I think it has I don't know, to but be, did you right? see the other one? The uh, Gus Malzahn follows you. No, no, no. Let's see. Oh yeah. The actual committed like picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> has to be. Has to be right. 
I I would I don't know if I hope it was or wasn't honestly. I mean, we could be talking about the end of somebody's career <laughs> on that one. Oh, man. Oh, Orlando God. and the Sugar Bowl have something in common, apparently. I guess so. Somebody at ESPN uh, got fired for the uh, New Orleans New Year's Day uh, extravaganza. That was a yeah. Scene. I didn't. I didn't. Uh... I didn't see that live, obviously, because I was asleep, but I, I heard about it. I, I saw after the fact. <laughs> anyway. It wasn't that remarkable, in all honesty. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. That's not what we Anyways. Um, <laughs> the only other move of note is the... Um, Julian Fleming to Penn State, we talked about it, but it is a good ad for a guy in Drew Aller who had some potential struggles. Or, well, not potential. He had some struggles throughout the course of the year. Um, could be wide receiver, could be quarterback related. Who who knows? I would tend to say that it was more on Aller than anything else. Could be so it'll be more. interesting to see what Julian Fleming brings to the Penn State offense. <laughs> they are definitely looking forward to having him enter in State College. And then I think there's also an intrigue that if he can improve, does Bo Perbula compete for the starting job at Penn State next spring? And, I and mean, fall. You know, you look at, at Penn State this year and, and you know how reliant they were on causing turnovers to give themselves short field. That's where they found a lot of their offensive offensive success, as you'd expect a team to do. So you know, with Manny Diaz gone, and and they still have a lot of the same defensive skill set players. But was it a flash in the pan? Kind of how we had USC last season with all the turnovers they caused, and and their explosive offense. Obviously, well, it's hard to say. Them, I but... mean, obviously, Mike Yurcis got fired too. So yeah, I mean, we're going to be looking at a lot of different um, changes. For team. Yeah, yeah, going into next year that we're not going to have a full answer for at least not yeah. for a while. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for the uh, transfer portal. Oh, ACC grades. That's that was yeah. what I was That's what All I right. figured you were talking about. Yeah, I, I was. No, I forgot. Then I was again. So look at that. That's all right. Genius. That's all okay. Let me. Uh... You need the team order, or you got it. <laughs> No, I don't have it, so I'm going to need it. Let me pull these up real quick. We'll have it for you momentarily. Okay. I know it starts with Boston. Well, it should start with Boston Boston College. College, And then Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. Duke. Duke. Uh, Let's see. Florida State. I know it's after that. Yeah. Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech, Georgia yeah. Tech, Louisville, yeah, BMI, Miami, mm-hmm. then UNC, NC, yeah, NC State. However, you mm-hmm. want to do that. North Carolina Duke, I would say, mm-hmm. or North Carolina, North Carolina State. That's fine. Go ahead, carry on. Pitt, Pitt, mm-hmm. Syracuse, well, Syracuse. Virginia, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. 
All should right. be 14. Three, six, nine. Yep, 14. All right. Cool. So we got that. That's good. All right. And now let me go ahead and pull up. All right. Okay. Okay. So here we go. We'll start with Boston College. Um, oh, I can pull up my other thing too now because I actually did do these. All right. So Boston College, I had them going three and nine. I had them losing every single game in the ACC play, but they actually went seven and six, three and five. They won their bowl game over SMU. And I'm going to go mm -hmm. ahead and start this off with a solid B. Yeah, absolutely. I had them six and six, three and five in, in conference. So I actually was pretty spot on. I'm not going to go game by game and see if I actually was like a hundred percent, but I, I was a little bit higher than uh, on Boston college and you guys were. So it was pretty middle of the road. That winning their bowl game is is what helps, uh, you know, finishing with a winning record as opposed to a losing record. Um, I'm gonna go with the C plus. Yeah, I had Boston College four and eight entering the year, and so I'm gonna go C plus as well. Cool. All right, Clemson, and I am going. Look. Look, I had them in the playoffs. Um, I had them 12-0 in the regular season. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty pissed off um, about these guys uh, deciding <laughs> to screw screw this up for me. Um, just a uh, uh, truly a disappointing season for them, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So I gotta gotta go ahead and give them uh, I guess I'll go C minus but I I would was almost about to go D plus I'll give them a C minus because they still won nine games and they, they definitely look like they got better but yeah they finished on a five getting, winning streak well I, I see that but I'm just <clears throat> I'm just disappointed I thought Garrett Riley would come in and, and maybe help spark this offense and it just didn't it didn't happen and I don't know if that's a Garrett Riley problem. I don't know if that's a problem that Dabo instilled here. I have no idea. I, I don't know the answer to that question. All I know is that the defense wasn't as good this year. The offense was pitiful at times, um, mm -hmm. stagnant, and you know they they finally figured some things out, but they were still just relatively disappointing throughout the year. Um, yeah, just had to go with what I did. Their their ten win streak came to an end this year. Uh, if they figured it out one game earlier, uh, or if they beat Miami in double overtime, they would have continued that streak. I had them eleven and one, winning the ACC. This has got to be a disappointment for sure. Even though they won nine games, so I'm I'm, I'm right there with you. It's a C minus. I had them at ten and two, runner up in the conference. I had Clemson. I I. Not Clemson. I had Florida State winning um, the conference, 
but I mean, I'm right there with you guys. Either way, it's a little underwhelming to see Clemson do what they did. It, it's got to be a C minus. All right. Duke, eight and five, four and four in conference. All things considered, injuries to Riley Leonard, Grayson Loftus coming in and playing well. Henry Beeland came in and played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, a really good defense. I am going to give Duke a B plus. Now, this season could have been much better. They could have contended potentially for an ACC championship. They had chances to beat Florida State prior to that Riley mm-hmm. Leonard injury, which took him out for a few weeks. Yep. I'm giving them a B plus. All things considered, this was a really good job, a good coaching job from Mike Elko. Yeah, and um, they, they, I mean, I know, like I said, I know it was seven and five. I expected a little more from them, but I'm going to be fine with where they're at. Part of where, uh, why Elko ended up, not just because of his connections, obviously, to AM, but, you know, it's not like he was, you know, at AM, went to Duke, didn't have success, and they still are taking a chance on him. You know, he, he had, they, the record, doesn't indicate how good this team could have been. I've had them pretty much right here. I had them eight and four at the end of the regular season. And I think their talent level was that, if not more so, based on what we saw. So I'm I'm right there with you, Tyler. It's a B B plus for me. Uh, because it's one of those that you look back on as what could have been, but it's still absolutely a season that you should take what you were able to do and, and your accomplishments mm-hmm. seriously. Yeah, yeah, and you got to give them some credit for the coaching hire. Obviously, the offseason doesn't count for these, but yeah, I mean, Manny Diaz is not bad. He didn't do bad. He's actually had a better record so far in Miami than uh, than Mario. Yeah. But but <laughs> that's not hard to do. Though. Outside of that, yeah. <laughs> um, you're, you're anyways, pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. But I had and, Duke, and sorry, you got Malik Murphy in the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah. Huge get. That does not happen for Duke very often. No. No, it does not. Look out. Future's bright. Yeah. I've got, yeah, I've got Duke at eight and four entering the season. Um, And very impressive job by, by uh, Duke as a whole. Like, like we, you guys both had talked about, they're one or two injuries away from, from potentially like nine win season. So I, I mean, it B minus for Duke in my mind. What was that? <laughs> B minus for Duke. Sorry. Um, I don't know how you guys can hear each other over that, but uh, Florida State, all things considered. I'm still giving them an A for being 13 and now. No, I don't care about the bowl game. I really don't. Um, getting the 13 and now, I'm giving you an A. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, you had to play two games with your second and third string quarterback. Mm-hmm. This is going to be one of the few. I'm, I'll give you an A plus for going 13 and now this year. It, I don't care about the bowl game. It, strike that from your memory because that was not this team. Yeah, a plus. This was this was this team. If they let some of the Iowa uh, Children's Hospital uh, patients on the team, I, I, they were so depleted because of the transfer mm-hmm. portal and, and opt outs that this is not anywhere close to uh, anything we saw 
from Florida State this year. Like, if it was just based on that bowl game, obviously it would be an F, but it's not. I'm not taking that into account. I had them 10 and 2. They exceeded every bit of expectation. A plus. Yeah. Um, anytime. Like, I, I understand it's an excuse, and you try not to find excuses, but anytime you have 22, I think it is, opt-outs or something like that if, is if what they finished more. out, if yeah. not more. Um, like, going off That's of a whole the offensive 80, and defensive yeah, unit. Go Going off of the 80-man um, roster, like, that is – that is order of a team huge yeah so i i understand you try not to make excuses but i mean at the same time you gotta understand that is not the same team florida state overall very 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 impressive job um i love what norvell has done there um and I, I'm excited for the future there. It's always nice to see a Florida school do well. College football feels right when when it is. Um, and I, I've got to go with an A. I'm getting DJU. Future looks pretty mm-hmm. good. A from Cam. BJ, what was yours? A plus. Georgia Tech. Seven and six, five and three. Own the tiebreaker for fourth overall in the conference. Mm-hmm. Give them. Actually, hang on. Let me see what I had there. I had three and nine before the season. I had five and seven, and and I felt pretty I com- comfortable with five and seven. Mm-hmm. They won. A game or two. Uh, well, they won two games, obviously more, but they they won a game more in the regular season than I expected. But somehow, it just, and I think it was the Wake Forest game. But somehow, it feels like a much bigger accomplishment for them to have gone seven and six. It felt like something they needed to really start trying to right the ship. Haynes mm-hmm. King stayed healthy all year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them a B. I, I'm I'm pretty content with this season for them. Yeah, I mean, this is a season I, I knew they had the talent. I was hoping that my predictions weren't going to be correct because I was just struggling to try to find wins for them. Sure enough, it wasn't. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy with what I saw from them. I'm going to give them a B plus. Hopefully, this is a sign of good things in Atlanta on, uh, what do they call it, Techwood Drive? That Techwood. sounds right. That's um, what I thought. But, yeah, I had – I had Georgia Tech five and seven entering the year, um, and I, I I thought they'd be kind of streaky at times, and we'd see improvement, especially towards the latter half of the year. Like I like a lot of the moves that they made, and everything coming into the year, and I thought it would just take a little bit of time to gel. Uh, very impressive job with what they did, though. Um, to to make a bowl game and win that bowl game and control it entirely. I got to go with a B here for Georgia Tech. You see this? <laughs> <laughs> hey! 
What are you doing? That boss he started it. Lay down. Quit. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. B for Georgia Tech. All right. Louisville, seven and five, four and four in conference. Louisville? That's what I had. That's what I predicted. Oh, okay. They went 10 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 and 1 and, at one point before they yes. lost three in a row. Yeah. Do not forget. Um, I know I had 7 and 5. But don't forget preseason when I said, do not be surprised if they do go 10 and 2 because of the way the schedule works. That it, mm-hmm. It's very possible. They did it. They matched mm-hmm. expectation. They went to the ACC championship. And I'm, I'm still going to give them an A minus because I think it's a really impressive season. Now, not overly impressive to the point where I want to go any higher, but I will give them an A minus because you, you navigated the season. You went 10 and one. Then you fell off a little bit. Um, the, the Florida State game was a little embarrassing. I thought they probably should have won that game. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. a 10 win season year one for Jeff Brom is a pretty impressive start. Absolutely. I had them nine and three. And uh, I was right there with you in terms of the talent they had and the the schedule that it allowed, you know, avoiding a, a lot of the big players until the ACC championship game with not having to play Florida State or North Carolina. I'm going to go A- minus as well, but it was one of those seasons that you're left thinking, man, what could have been based on the start that you got off to? Had it not been for the pit loss, they would have been in consideration even with the, the loss to Kentucky to be in, in the playoff discussion as well. But as a result, they were so far down below even two lost teams uh, for a good portion of the, the weeks leading up to the end of the regular season that they, they, you know, they knew that their end goal was probably at best the new year six bowl game. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I, this is one of the teams where I was dead wrong. I, I had, Louisville six and six entering the year. And I, I thought that they would struggle year one under prom, just trying to build up, trying to reset the roster type of a thing. And I, I gotta admit, I was dead wrong. Um, They, they far exceeded any expectations I had. And so I'm going to give them a B plus. All right. Go a little quicker here. Uh, Miami, they, I had them at eight and four. They ended up going seven and five, seven and six with mm-hmm. their, their loss uh, in the bowl game. But again, that's not something we take into account. That's something we're supposed to take into account. Mm-hmm. I guess we can, but we don't. Um, in doing so, they also were pretty low. Uh, they were. Eighth in the conference. Uh, Tied for six. They actually looked nine. like they were ninth. ninth. Yeah. They were ninth. Just ahead uh, of BC. Yeah. Uh, just impressive. Uh, or, sorry, uh, lacking impressiveness, honestly. Um, yeah. And they got off to a good start. They beat Texas AM early in the season. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was just. They beat, they beat Clemson. They beat Texas AM. But just some other losses that they probably shouldn't have had. Yeah, one. I mean, for sure, the Georgia Tech game was one that you look back on, and they're like, 
man, we should have just taken a knee. But they were competitive with North Carolina. They were competitive with, you know, Florida State. They were competitive, but they were losing. They don't, they haven't, I don't feel like they've quite built that competitive mentality yet that should be able to get them over the hump in some of these scenarios. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give them a, I'll give them a C. They were just, they were average to me this year. Yeah. I mean, that's right about where I have them too, because I, similar to you, had them at eight and four. They were a game off. Would have liked to see a little bit more from them in conference play. It's a C. Yeah, I had them seven and five entering the year. I got to go with the C, though. Like overall, just kind of average blah. Mm-hmm. All right. NC State ends up third in the conference, nine and four, six and two. They were really quiet uh, to get to nine and three and be in the conversation. And I got to respect the job that Dave Dorn did. Uh, we obviously got a amazing soundbite this year. Um, I tell Steve Smith in the studio, this ain't a basketball school. He can kiss my ass. We got that soundbite from Dave Dorn and what was a fiery NC State season. They were they were really good on defense. They only mm-hmm. allowed 70 yeah. points long. 135 points allowed in conference play, which is the best of all teams in the ACC by one point to Florida state. Uh, but they were, the, they were too far and away the best defenses in the country. Yeah. Conference. Uh, they were two of the best in the country too. All that was season, but uh, yeah, it was impressive. I, I hate to have to do this a third time, but the, the, the way they did it and how quietly they did it with quarterback issues, injuries, I'm going to get you state name lines. I hate that. I have to do that. Three times I have to give three schools a different form of an A. Mm-hmm. Gotta have it. Gotta do it. Your mic is getting a little muffled. So yeah. While while you uh, while you fix that, I'll do him talk about. Know. Yeah, much better. Better. Apparently, I just needed to mute it and turn it back on. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, I had them six and six. I struggled really trying to find some some winnable games for them in conference play. I just was not buy, bought in on this team and the talent. I didn't figure that the defense was going to be as good as they were in the conference, and that's what allowed them to get I have to a six and six too. It was that, that that final part of the schedule was like it yeah. looked like it was going Brutal. to be kind of a gauntlet of a of a. I mean, you get Duke right before the bye, mm-hmm. and then you get Clemson, Clemson. Miami, Florida mm-hmm. at Wake, at Virginia Tech, North Carolina. Like you felt, I had five of their six losses that I had predicted right there, and they won every single one of those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had. So I, I'm gonna go A minus oh, as well. Okay, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry no, about you're that. Good. Don't worry. Um, I had NC State seven and five entering the year. Like I, I firmly expected a step back with everything that they had lost, just like you guys. And so, <laughs> I'll give them a B plus, but it's a very high high mark B plus like very good job by NC state always love to see a quiet nine win team do well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina. I had them at seven and five going into the season. They actually ended up going eight and four. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would have, they would lose their bowl game to West Virginia. 
I don't know how to say this without sounding like a hater. Okay. Just say it. I just don't think they were extremely impressive at any point in the season. Their defense did not improve off of last year whatsoever, even though they returned a good portion. You fought so hard to get Tez Walker back, and he really he had a good year, but he wasn't even close to great or what everybody thought he was going to be. Um, Drake May was was solid, but it was like another hot start, and then you then you just fall off a cliff once again. Yeah, they were eight and two at one point. They uh, lost their last three. I'm going with a C once again. Solid C. Yeah, the bowl game, they didn't have a lot of their guys, but this still was kind of what I was expecting. Is I had them eight and four and you know not really in consideration for the, the top of the conference just because I just was not a fan of their defense. And so, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. It was middle of the road. Basically, what I expected is what I got. It's a C. It's a successful year, but still. I had them six and six entering the year. I thought NC UNC would really have a come back to earth moment. And sure enough, they kind of did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but how, so I, I mean, they didn't, they, they did this exact same thing last year. Started nine and oh, yeah. and lost, lost out nine one, mm-hmm. I think. But oh, yeah. yeah, nine and one and it lost out. They, mm-hmm. they do the mm-hmm. same thing here. They started, I think it was six Eight or seven two. and oh. Oh, uh, was it eight and two? Yeah. I, I can't remember exactly two. how yeah. many games they won to start the year, yeah. but I'll tell you. Let's well, see. They, they won pretty consistently, I, and then uh, let me see here. Six six and zero. Oh, then they lost to Virginia and Georgia Tech back to back. That and then they yeah. won the next two, barely beating Duke in double overtime. Uh, with without Riley Leonard, mind you, and then they lost their last three, so they yeah. could have been four in a row again to lose yeah. the year. I, Either way, like this. This is this is literally a spitting image yeah. of last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like w- either way, like you're you're wanting to see them turn the corner, and they, I guess they haven't. Like I felt like last year they did a little bit compared to this year, but I. It either way, like it. I'll tell you what, though, overwhelming year though, and I'll give them a C. Painfully, yeah, they did announce today that Gene Chizik is not coming back. Wow, maybe that's that could help. Yeah, yeah maybe that could be a little helpful. The Pitt Panthers, the third, uh, the 12th team in the con- conference this year, uh, three and nine, two and six on the conference. They couldn't find a quarterback. It the drop off was, was huge. I, I'm giving them an F. I, this was a very, very bad year for. For Pitt, my goodness, they ate some shit and then some, didn't they? Um, yeah, I had them around eight wins uh, before the season because I didn't think that their quarterback issues were nearly as bad as I they thought. Dracovic was going to be pretty solid. I had him in nine mm-hmm. and three. I had him completely yeah. opposite on their record. Yeah, but it's got to be an F when you think about considerations with the talent they brought in and just kind of just falling on your, you know, face and your, you know. Dick and 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 really just having nothing what you wanted this season to be. It's an F. All right. Give me something that I was not expecting to hear for five hundred there, Trebek. Um. Uh-huh. Anyways, I don't think he can give you. Never mind. I'm not gonna go. Well, <laughs> who died today? Well, actually, it was like 
four years ago. But I was gonna say it's been a it's been a little while now. I'm not taking part in that. Anywho, like I I had him eight and four entering the year, like hundred percent correct. Underwhelming F. All right, I know one of our listeners is not coming back. <laughs> Anyways, well, even uh, I think he'd be the first to tell you it was not. It was a it was a failure of a season, even yeah. Yeah, from that perspective. It wasn't a uh, it was not a Tomlin season. I'll say that Syracuse. They did go six and seven. They did lose their bowl game in underwhelming fashion without a head coach and without you know the issues. Um, they have a new head coach coming in next year, Fran Brown, of course, but. Final year of Dino Babers, six and seven, two and six in conference. I'm giving him a D plus. Just wasn't really anything special. I expected a little more. I did too. I thought I they were. A... I thought they were kind of picking themselves up. I really mm-hmm. did. And then After it just the felt start like they, they kind got of, up to last year. Last year, well, two, the last two years they've kind of been pretty fast starting team, and then they yeah. they fall off. This yeah. year it just felt like they couldn't get any kind of rhythm going, and they got a lot of their their help in the. In the non-conference, um, yeah. they were four and zero. Then they wins. lost like five five in a row, uh, mm-hmm. and then they they ended up splitting uh, their last two before the humiliating yeah. performance against South Florida. Yeah, we'll see how Comicord does next year, but it's a D for me. Had with eight. Yeah, I I had Syracuse at seven seven and five entering the year. Like I. Definitely did not expect huge improvement from what we've seen from Dino. Like I, I expected another solid year, kind of what you expect from Syracuse. They're going to be tough most games, um, but kind of, kind of even underwhelmed there. Like I'm going to go with this with the. D plus even making the bowl game and stuff. Virginia. I had them at two and ten, but this is a team that went three and nine. They they found a lot of momentum throughout the course of the season. And it just looked like a football team again. Uh, obviously tried to be struck last year. They haven't really looked good. Bronco Mendenhall left like at the very last worst possible minute with mm-hmm. nothing in the cupboard to, yeah. to try to work with. Tony Elliott's done a good job. Anthony Calandria was really good this last year, and I think he's going to be really solid. Even Tony Musket, uh, the transfer from mm-hmm. Monmouth, was yeah. not half bad in his in his performances, but Anthony Calandria took this offense to another level, leading them mm-hmm. to wins over UNC, leading them uh, to close losses against JMU, uh, I believe, Duke. If, I think they. I think it was Duke. Yeah, um, we'll see. I'll, I'll double check. Yeah, they, but right. they they lost a lot of game, close games. I have to give them a B. I, I was extremely impressed. I, it just felt like there were. It was a mile forward from where they were last year. At this point, I, I think that they can continue to push forward and and maybe maybe push for a bowl game next year. I think that would be that that should probably be. Their side should be their going goal. forward. Yeah. I, I think so I, because yeah. this team showed the potential to be a bowl team, to be a team that competes in the ACC for you know at least being above five hundred in the ACC. I think. Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I would love to see it I, again, three and nine. But you're still getting a B because it, it was just 
you looked like a football team again, and I'm I'm yeah. really happy to see it. Absolutely. I mean, JMU, one point. NC State, three points. Boston College, three points. Miami in overtime, three points. Louisville on the road, a touchdown. Duke at home, they actually won. So that's five. Oh, that's right. They of, beat Duke. That's yeah. yeah. So that's five of their wins, or five of their losses, I should say, that were within one score. And they have wins over North Carolina and Duke. Uh, they were at times not great. I mean, you look at the VT game to close out the year. They, you know, they had they kept it competitive for a while with Maryland and, and Tennessee before those teams pulled away. But I, they they played competitive football again, and I don't know if that's just because the ACC had a bunch of mid, and that's part of the reason why they were able to find some success and hang around with with some of these teams, or if they really did turn things around. It's a B minus for me. I'll choose to be an optimist. An optimist? I said B. Yeah. I said B. I said a solid I know, B. I, I, I was talking more about what I had just said with. Is it that the ACC is mid, or are they finally starting to show some progress? And that's why I said I'll choose to be an optimist. Oh, it's progress. I, the ACC I wasn't so. didn't really look too much worse than it was last year. Like teams stepped up that other, when other mm-hmm. teams stepped down. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it balanced itself out. At the end of the day, the, this team was competitive again, and and that was something yes. that they were not last year. So I yeah. I have to give them the credit that they deserve Absolutely. for doing it, beating. Both uh, schools, Duke and North Carolina, I forgot it was both of them that they beat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And route with also having uh, obviously the win over William and Mary, there's just a lot of other close games. I mean, they're they're mm-hmm. just they're they're a couple of mistakes away from being a bowl team this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- that's that's unbelievable. Yeah. The it's turnaround really- there is huge for UVA. Like they mm-hmm. looked. So much better than I remember year. watching the noon game in Nashville on, on ESPN two and one, thinking, yeah. Oh my like they are gonna get flat completely killed this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, they did what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I I gotta go with a B B minus as well. Like I think very good job by by Tony Elliott improving this UVA squad. Yeah. Now Virginia Tech, I had going five and seven. They obviously have closed out at seven and six, and fourth in the conference. Not a bad, not a bad year for the Hokies. Pretty and good. year two under Brent Pry. So I'm not going to act like this is surprising to me that we went seven and six. So five and seven, turn around a couple of those games, you get seven and six. Um, the thing for me. In this and the only game that I got wrong, as a matter of fact, I believe was the old Dominion game, which is crazy. <laughs> that's that's crazy to me. That's the only game I got <laughs> wrong on them. Um, they're another team. They just they finally started looking like Virginia Tech again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them a B plus. I'm, I'm impressed with the year they had, and. I, I still want to see them push forward. They were fourth in the ACC. I have to give them some credit for their standing as well. Absolutely, was, especially B plus. Well, yeah, I had them. I had them four and eight with, uh, you know, going like one and seven in the the conference. They improved my prediction by four games in conference alone. They were a bowl team. They look really good going forward, which obviously doesn't factor in to this year's grade. But 
where where they finished and and what they were kind of thought of before the season and and trying to pick some figure some things out and 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 get to that next stage they did it's absolutely a b plus yeah i've got a b plus as well like very very good job i had them 6 and 6 entering the year finish right about where where i expected yeah mm-hmm. and overall very impressed with the growth that they had um this year just like just like their commonwealth cup cohorts like they, yeah. like they've got they've got a lot to be excited for there in blacksburg for the right. first time in a while yeah quickly so we can try to wrap this up in under an hour and a half tonight Wake Forest, they went four and eight. I predicted six and six. I'm going to go with a D overall. I'm pretty disappointed. And and part of this is going to be because of things that happened at the end of this. Um, they closed out their transfer portal with a – or, well, they, they went into the transfer portal. They lost Mitch Griffiths to Marshall and bring in mm-hmm. Hank Bachmeyer. Hmm. Mm. Man, I'm telling you, this I I saw them taking a step back to five and seven this year. But even then, that they had seven conference losses, and I I really thought that they were going to be at least a little bit better than they were. They got off to a good start. I think they were three and three and zero, four and zero, somewhere around there. And uh, I mean, I think they were three and zero because they lost five in a row to close out the year. Uh, I I look at this and I look at this as a you know just not what they were wanting. So I'm going to go with a D as well. Yeah, I've got a D as well. I had him six and six. Like I, I kind of expected a step back year with what they had lost in the portal mm-hmm. and everything. And to, uh, and even at that, I felt like I, part of me was like I, I, I almost feel a bit harsh doing that. Yeah, because I was, I was expecting a lot of like one score games to not go their what to go their way but and i just underwhelming overall give me a d okay shut up i didn't say a dang thing <laughs> anyway, i did not see um, that look that was, all right a lot can be said with a look well all right we've hit an hour and a half Appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, that closes out our rankings. Next one coming up is going to be the Big 12. I think that'll be a fair one to go with. And then Sounds we'll get fair. SEC, and then we'll get Big 10 and Pac-12. Um, and we'll vary that based off who wins the Natty. So fair. That's how, that's how we'll do this one. So Big 12 up next. So, RJ, please tune in. I'm sure you'll like you like West Virginia grades. Thank Most you. likely will. Anyways. We'll see you guys on Sunday. National Championship Preview, Big 12 Year Interview. Any more transfer portal news or college football news overall, we will be going over. But until then, we will see you guys on Sunday.